computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranger Smith Basketball. And Tim, a couple weeks ago, we did our first ever coach draft. A uh, couple weeks later, how you feeling about your squad? Just worse and worse. <laughs> like, That's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, because if Doc Rivers had blown his 3-0 lead, which isn't going to happen, they're, they're up like 20 points right now in the fourth quarter, that one like maybe was starting to like, you know, track towards good for Tim's draft, bad for Tim and the Lakers. Uh, but, I mean, I just blew – I punted several picks because I didn't <laughs> – you know, I wasn't up to date on the news. You're too smart. You got to smooth your brain out. I'm trying, Tom. I'm trying. One thing I, I we didn't mention, um, actually, so hang on. Let me pull up my notes. Because somebody we saw, I don't know what the reporting was. I forget who the reporting was from. But we saw Darvin Ham's name mentioned. Yep. And the Utah assistant coach, I forget his name as well, Alex Jensen. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, both mentioned as possibilities for the Lakers. And I guess just real quick, because we didn't really dig into them. My take there is it's probably good that the Lakers are considering assistance. Because if they're considering those assistants, maybe they're considering some of the other assistants we had on our list. And that to me is encouraging it, it, it if the process on there like we may not like the result we may like the result but if the process on their end is that they're not just looking at retreads i think that's that's good and then i was able to get a little bit more information on what the different uh milwaukee buck assistants do so there was darvin ham and then uh charles lee i believe is the other one um Lee is responsible for their offensive ATOs and helps with the offense. And Ham helps with the defense. He is more of a commanding presence. He has more, I don't know, gravitas in the locker room. Uh, So that's a a plus for him. And he's been a big uh, player development guy with their wings in Milwaukee. So that's some additional info on them. I wasn't able to get a whole lot about the Utah guy uh, he's been a big player development dude with their bigs, and he's responsible for a lot of Gobert's growth as a defensive player. So that's interesting. Uh, but I don't know if he's like helping with the X's and O's in any any respect. But he is their, I believe, associate head coach. So he he would be part of those discussions. I don't know if he's one of the offensive or defensive minds. But don't have to dig in anymore. But I, a couple people were asking what my thoughts were on those guys. And now that we have more info, I wanted to share that. Uh, I don't know that I'd move any of them up or down all that much. I still don't think they're my top options. Uh, but, you know, good to know. It's crazy to think that we're encouraged that the Lakers know who these guys are. Right? <laughs> like, are, sometimes like I ask myself, like, are we too low? Like, are we, <laughs> are, are we, you know, not giving them enough credit? And then you look at what they've done and, and I'm like, nope, we should continue treating them this way until they – prove otherwise i'd rather be wrong in a good way like that right. than you know 
it set people up for set expectations too high. Cause I think that's been some of my misgivings in the past couple of years has been, Hey, you know, this is what this could look like. They could go this direction and then it doesn't happen and, and nobody's happy. So quick, quick coaching update, but we're not here today to talk coaching. No, today we are here to talk about all the different kind of rumors and reports that have come out about the Lakers and their intentions. Uh, Obviously, this is all speculation with some reporting behind it as far as what people are hearing from unnamed people, you know, the most trusted sources in sports, unnamed sources. But This is an insight, I think. It is a ballpark conversation where we can talk about what people's view as possible. And just before we started recording, Tim, I was telling you, before we just get into these trades, right? Because we have a lot of them from the the Hornets to the Pacers to, you know, there's a couple other teams floating out there. It's just... I have to recalibrate my views on Russell Westbrook after living through this hell hellish year. Um, because for somebody to practically reasonably report that like Malcolm Brogdon and buddy healed for Russ is just like, I, I fucking love Malcolm Brogdon. Like, yeah, he has injury issues. He's just the kind of in very, very high basketball IQ player. I really enjoy watching the little nuances of their skill set uh, and how they use their basketball intelligence. And um, like just to think that you can get like two pretty good NBA players for Russ. And we'll talk about why, right? The expiring is important. Like that's a big, valuable thing to be able to trade like a third of the cap that's coming off your books and uh, after one season, right? That's mm-hmm. crazy to think about, but it I'm reframing. And, and I think this conversation will help me because it's like, could you last year get buddy healed and Malcolm Brogdon for KCP um, Montrez Harrell and, and Kyle Kuzma? Like, no, I don't think so. Well, no, yeah, no, no. And their situations have changed a bit as well. Indiana has right. they have Halliburton where they are as a franchise yes. is different. Their yes. goals are different. Where yes. Heald is is a you know what team he's playing for is different. So that the scenario the the landscape is constantly Even changing. Still. Changing that's part of it. But to your point, yeah, you know that trade wouldn't have gone through. And and having watched Russ for all you know eighty games or whatever he played this year, it's hard to wrap my head around. Okay, we're going to be able to get these good players I like watching and right. would enjoy on our team for him. And and really the the you know flip that needs to switch in our brains is this this wouldn't be a basketball trade for these teams. This would be an accounting trade. This would be a, mm-hmm. a clean our books off trade because yep. they're not – I mean, Russ can do some things. He ended up finishing the season strong. His finishing at the rim grade went from like an F all the way up to like a B minus, C plus. Um, so he finished strong in ways that like at you know final accounting, he wasn't as bad as he was for large stretches of the year. But he's still not – He's nowhere near worth what he's paid. And that's a tough player that you can't bring that onto your books and be a title contender. So given for, how for much context, he needs to be paid. I know you guys have that tool. What was Russ's value uh, this last year with the Lakers? $8 million, just about. I, I forget what the, the decimal place was. It might have been like 8.2, but it was around $8 Seems million. High. And he's... In, right, <laughs> but the thing is, like, he ended up playing. Like, he played a bunch. He he gave you a lot of minutes that, from an impact standpoint, was 
okay, it's nowhere near what he's paid. He's not a value by any means, but it wasn't like it was, you know, 2000 minutes of end of the bench player. Like he was still an okay NBA player, even if he was very disappointing in the lens at which we look at him is, you know, skewing our perception. So I don't like him. I don't want him on the team, but he's, he's not like a negative value player. Um, but for his contract, he certainly is. So it, these teams, they're not grabbing him. Indy wouldn't be grabbing him to say, you know, come play with us and we're going to try to compete. Same thing for any of the other teams we talk about. Charlotte, the reason they'd bring him in is because his deal ends at the end of this upcoming season. So uh, my expectation for any of these teams is if they bring him in, they're going to try to either buy him out or just send him home. Um, I don't like from all of the locker room stuff that we heard about and all the interactions with coaches and players. I don't think that's worth the risk for these groups that are just trying to rebuild, trying to build culture. I don't know that that's value. It's not, oh, we're bringing in Rajon Rondo. This is going to be great for the locker room. It's not one well, of those. Let's let's save that conversation because I want to mm-hmm. talk about that at the end before we do this. But continuing this, I'm just surprised where we're at conversation. It's encouraging for where the Lakers uh, can go this summer with their team. And it's made me reframe my, my perspective and say like, you know, before there's no, I was thinking there's no chance he doesn't opt in for $47 million. Right. Um, But what's kind of bizarre to me is rethinking now that if he does opt out, it's still not, it's like the least good scenario for the Lakers because they're not going to have cap room to just replace a $47 million player since they were already over the cap. You know, they're not going to just get $47 million of cap room if he opts out. That's not how that works, right? So him opting out kind of puts them in a hard spot. Um, It does open up more avenues, right? But it is still, you're not getting back these good players that are salary dumps from another team. So that's an interesting reframe of if you want to be, like he is an asset, a literal Maybe not a figurative, but he's a literal money on the books asset that you can get basketball players in return for. Um, And him opting out and leaving for nothing would, I still think, not happen, but kind of the worst case scenario. It's weird. Yeah. And I'm trying to do the math. If he, so I know if like we were to like stretch him and wave him, like there's absolutely no cap space. I think I may have made that mistake on a previous pod. If he does opt out, that clears. 47 million from our books and then we have what for 80 90 we have about 100 million on the books with everyone left so i think there'd be some cap space but it there'd wouldn't be, be some much. but not it's not like they're like yeah, equal it, it, value max right room. you don't clear 47 million in right. cap space you you get some the lakers might have i i didn't do the math i should have done the math maybe like 10 million or so to, to well, spend this year the it was 121 million was the the cap. So okay. the Lakers would have 20-ish million, half of that, which is not nothing. You definitely get a very good player for that. R- right, you but then they mid-level. also Yeah. They have uh, if they get rid of Russ, they'd have seven guys left, so they'd have to have almost a million dollar cap hold for each of the remaining like roster mm-hmm. spots and then, you know, you, the exceptions we're talking about. So like just if they wanted to use their exceptions and then just also use what's left in cap space. Yeah. I don't know. There'd be spending power. I don't think this is yeah. a realistic option. Like I think if you're, you're not getting out, Malcolm Brogdon, I'd, 
Yeah, yeah. I, if you were to opt out, I think it would be okay. Like the Lakers would have some moves, but you probably wouldn't get a guy as good as Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's what we're saying. Right. Like there'd be spending power, but it, not enough to bring back what you can get by trading him. So, yeah, and to your point, if people aren't like totally aware, the stretch provision allows teams to stretch out that contract uh, over it's I believe it's double plus one years. So you would double the one and make it a two plus one. So it'd be three years. It would divide that. uh, You know, Lakers just got off this with Dang. uh, But that number for Dang was five million. Russell Westbrook's is going to be like 15.9 or something. Yeah, like 15, 16 million dollars. So it's going to be six, you know, substantially more than Dang's. Right. And every year we've been talking about how this Dang cap hold, yeah. you know, is, is you know, hard to build around. <laughs> this Dang so cap hold. Yeah, exactly. God darn uh, pun it. intended. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that option in the, I, I think this is where I made a mistake in, in the past. I was like, oh, if they stretch them, they'll have some cap space. Not the case. Not the case right. at all. Right. If they stretch them, they don't have cap space. Um, so that's not a good option. Is it better than just keeping him on the roster? I, I mean, he's he's done. I think he's gone no matter what at right. this point. He deleted all of his Lakers stuff. I don't think we want him back. I don't, the Lakers front office huh. doesn't want him back. He deleted his entire Instagram and oh. reposted one okay. clip with him in a Lakers uniform. Okay. But it was kind of like, I don't know, not Lakers specific, He, but he did feature himself in the Lakers uniform. Gotcha. But okay. this is probably after all he heard about everyone noticing and I don't know. But I yeah, don't like talking yeah. about this is the damage media. control it's, potentially. Yeah. Whatever. It's, who cares? Yeah. It's hard to know what the intent was. And for a lot of it, it's like, oh, no, this, you know, this player started following this guy or they stopped following this guy. And like, right. Do we know when that happened? Do we actually know when that happened? It's not the same as like he tweeted this or he liked this tweet. Like we know kind of when it would have happened. Some of these mm-hmm. other things, it's like maybe Buddy Heald was following LeBron already or things like that. I don't know. Anyway, so so that's the rough situation. I really think the best option is – the best slash most realistic option is going to be a trade. So yeah. I'd say there are two big – trade partners to talk through and then a couple others we can mention at the end but there have been two that and and if you're listening you've probably heard these thrown out but i didn't realize just how many sources have brought up the same trades with slight variations and shout out to bix in the discord for putting these notes together to help thank you uh, you know track down the you know this was from eric pincus here's a link to it he said this this is from Mark Stein. He said, it, you know, at this point in time about, you know, so so we have more documentation. And from that documentation, I was, was pleasantly surprised at how much chatter there's been about these. I feel like I keep seeing the same articles over and over. And, you know, sometimes somebody reports something and then there's just speculation about it. This is more reporting and reporting and reporting from newsbreakers or, or people who – you know, may have more of a sense for this kind of thing, like Mark Stein or Jake Fisher. So I'm encouraged. Likewise. So yeah, let's, let's get into it then. Um, I believe this was Eric Pincus suggested this package of basically just Gordon Hayward and some salary filler straight up for Russ. Um, no picks, no picks involved. No picks though. It, would just it was it, salary. It would be Russ for Hayward. And then either Rozier or two of Plumlee Oubre or PJ Washington. Okay. So 
to lay the land, uh, Gordon Hayward signed a four-year, $120 million contract a couple years ago. So he currently has two years, about thirty, uh, about 62-ish million, 61 and a half million left on his contract, which for all the hand-wringing I've seen on Twitter is not, is not that bad. It's not like his max contract hasn't kicked in yet, like a Darren Fox or something like that. Uh, ben Simmons. It's not a good contract for someone who can't stay on the court. And as they've reported, it's a harder sell because he's been unable to stay on the court. And the Lakers have had issues with that with their other stars. So that might be a factor in their decision-making. Do you think that's the right kind of process to take and not just seeing the board, but like this guy specifically in this area, our other guys have issues in it's too much overlap. So let's look somewhere else. I think the Lakers options will be limited. Trading with Charlotte will be one of their few realistic, we, you know, will actually make this deal kind of options. And if they were to bring in Hayward, he would be certainly part of it and part of what you're looking to, you know, have some value from. But I think like Rozier and some of these other parts are also value adds. So there's, you can tolerate some degree of risk of like, okay, if Hayward misses 20 games, we're still getting like other rotation players back with this. So it's a little more tolerable, but what you should absolutely be doing if you're the Lakers right now is posturing and positioning yourself such that you can try to drive that price down. If they wanted a first round pick for this deal, try to, you know, remove that. Um, We know the Lakers don't want to trade their future picks if at all possible. And, you know, I don't think there's going to be a big market for Gordon Hayward. So if you're like the one buyer in this market, do what you can to get the best value of the deal as you possibly can. So I think some of what we might be hearing is posturing. But at the same time, you're right. If he's going to, you know, he hasn't played 2000 minutes in several seasons. He's, he's, you know, missed time. He's missed games. He's gotten injuries and hasn't been quite the same guy. And he's a good player, but if you have LeBron and AD both missing 20, 30 games in a season, it's really hard to be a good team and like get good playoff seeding when you have that many key pieces that are all potentially simultaneously missing time. Gordon Hayward's a good basketball player. He's often hurt. He's not like a supreme defender. He is a wing, at least for God's mm-hmm. sakes. So, so he's got that going for him. But yep. it's... I. I'm less, you know, excited by this is obviously I told you how I felt about Brogdon. Um, but the other kind of iteration of this trade, I, I don't know. Let, let's let's stick with Wait Hayward for this one more minute. Would you of those other options, who which two of the three of Plumlee, Oubre and Washington would you like added to that deal? Man, I don't feel great about any of these guys. Like, I think they're all rotation players. None of them are like, man, this is a value. And I think that's why they're part of this discussion. Um, Ubre, the big question with him is, will he shoot well? Because he hasn't most seasons from three. But then this season and a couple years ago, he's shot decently from three. And so if that's there, he's a piece that he's a, he's a wing that can, you know, hit threes. And like, in theory, that makes a lot of sense. He's a solid offensive rebounder. He, he crashes the glass well. Um, he finishes well at the rim. Like 
if his three-point shot is there, he makes sense. If not, I'm concerned. And his defense, you know, similarly hasn't been consistent. He's He had a really, really good year as a wing stopper in Golden State, and he's had a bunch of other seasons where he's like, okay to bad. So I don't know what I'm really getting with him. P.J. Washington, I know what we're getting. I, I know we're going to get a good shooter, good pick-and-pop option, a good spot-up option. He finishes not great around the rim on high quality. That's okay. He's one of the better passers among stretch bigs. So good ball movement. I think that's, you know, dribble handoff playmaker and a good, you know, passer, some potential short roll passing there with him. That's encouraging to me. Defensively, I see him playing more of a helper role and being okay at it. Um, so I, I prefer him over Ubre, although Ubre is a wing. So if you can like spend your MLE on a wing, Washington, I think is a great ad as a big man and Plumley rolling cut, big anchor, big underperforms on, you know, shooting at the rim, but he's, he crashes the boards a bunch. Um, he's a good know. passer he's, too. He's fine. Yeah. He's a good passer. That, he that's is a, a good, good passer. A really good call out. He's a, he's a, one of the better passing bigs. Um, he's like, okay at, you know, you know, drop coverage. He's okay at mobile coverages. He's okay not all that great compared to bigs defending the rim, but like he's fine and he can be a serviceable player, serviceable player that like plays fine in his limited role. And I think that's okay. He's someone that like you can take off the court and, and play smaller and be more versatile if you need to. But when he's on the court, you know what he does and he does it decently. So here's probably what will be the deciding factor for me. Uh, Kelly Oubre has one year left at 12 million. Uh, PJ Washington will be in his fourth year of his rookie deal that 5.8 million and then obviously you'll retain bird rights uh mm -hmm. and mason uh and plumley excuse me yeah mason plumley will have uh one more year at 8.525 um i think washington i would probably take first Same. and the deciding factor for me would probably be the wing because of the scarcity um, mm -hmm. Mason Plumley is more valuable than I think, uh, a minimum big, but maybe mini, mini mid level. Like I'm not, I don't know at this yeah. rate, like you only have one year left Jones over him. Like, it's like, what else Stop. can you get? Cause, cause no, I'm not joking. Stop. Oh, I'm, I know, I'm not joking. I know you, um, I know you're not. That's why I want you to stop. <laughs> it's it, so what I'm trying to say is this wouldn't be the only move they make. They'll also have hopefully a decent sense of like who they're able to sign. And you can say, all right, you know, we don't need to grab Plumley. We'd rather go for the wing because Sorry. we, we I found thought this you great. Meant these guys will get traded elsewhere after. Oh, not, no, uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, it, we'll take the wing because we don't need what Plumley is going to bring us because we can just right. go sign this minimum guy instead. Or if you're like, we've got a great, you know, MLE wing and we feel great there, but we don't like the big market, maybe you lean plumbly, but I do agree with you. I think the the scarcity of wings probably makes you roll the dice on on Ubre. Can I interest you in a younger, more handsome Kent Bazemore? <laughs> is that is that Kelly Ubre? I'm pretty sure that's Kelly Ubre. What's what's his nickname? Uh, he has a nickname. Tsunami Poppy, right? Oh no. Mm-hmm. Look, you can't be hit by a tsunami if you're not on the coasts. That. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> and this has been Geography with Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
Let's move on to Rozier, though, because this is a trade that I would push for. And I think you would probably need to include compensation going the other way because Rozier is a good player on a reasonable contract. Um, give me a sec. I'll pull up the details per- specifically because I know he did just sign an extension. Uh, so, yeah, he. Oh, no, I guess he didn't. Rozier Am I tripping? He's on like a three year deal. He? No, he did sign an extension. I'm sorry. So he has a four-year extension that has not kicked in yet. And this oh is oh, not geez, great. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I stand corrected. So he was just coming off of like a three-year, like, you know, I don't know, like 58, something like that. You know, just under mm-hmm. 20 a year. His new contract will pay him 21 24.2, 24.9, 26.6. <laughs> That's tough. A 496 deal just kicking in when you get him. That's tough, fire emoji. Um, And not like Dennis Schroeder tough. (laughs) This is a massive overpay. He's, oh man. So maybe they don't have to include it first now that I look at these numbers. Because that's, (laughs) that's, yeah. Like Rozier's a basketball, he's an NBA player. Like it's not, he's not He's good. He's good. He's He's on a bad deal and if you're Charlotte and you can just kind of get out of these and clean the slate and and build around the mellow and get some other young, exciting guys in there and, and just grow, I totally understand why Michael Jordan and, and Charlotte would want to be doing this. Um, check was – he is fired or is going to be fired? I don't – I have not heard that. Did you hear I that? I would imagine I, – I, uh, I believe this is public. <laughs> I believe the public reporting was that he may be fired. So I would imagine that may make trade talks uh, well, perhaps staccato or stall or pick up or slow if, down. I don't know. If he were but, going to be fired, I feel like he would have already because they fired Borrego. They did. They did. And I do think in general – Jordan being pissed off and fed up with what that he's seeing from them is good for us. I think the more chaos there is, the more fed up teams there are, the more movement there will be. And with the more movement there is, the higher chance that the Lakers can be part of some of it and get something back. So we'll see. But yeah, if Rozier's money is not good. So this would be, if you're the Lakers front office, you you better feel good about this one because this money is, this is a bad situation. He's going to be, 29 30 31 years old getting paid 23 25 27 or 6 million dollars so yeah not great but he's a decent player he's a legit three-point shooter he can create his own three-point shot he'll beat drop coverage which you know he'll hit pull threes which isn't something the lakers have had so that you know immediately makes anthony davis better because you have to defend him in a way you have to defend rosier in a way you didn't have to defend Russell Westbrook. You didn't have to defend Alex Caruso. You don't have to defend THT. You immediately get someone that will draw the defense out of drop coverage, and that's going to create great looks for good finishers and passers like the Braun and AD, short rolls, all of those things. Oh, it, it opens up the pick and roll game so much. So in that respect, I really like his fit. Um, he gets to the rim well, not quite as good as Russ. He hasn't finished well there. Also not as good as Russ with Russ's late season surge. So that's interesting to me. So not really counting on the finishing, but the three-point shooting, the mid-range shooting, that's what you're looking at with him. Um, His playmaking is another piece that like for what he's paid for him as a point guard, it is not good. It is like THT Austin Reeves level. 
and mm-hmm. it's just not complete. He doesn't read the floor that well. He doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot with it. Like his his efficiency as a passer is okay, but it's not, but his versatility, his ability to make complex reads just isn't there. So that's challenging. That hurts you as a point guard. But if you play with the Lakers and you've got LeBron out there, that makes it more acceptable. That that matters less. If the Lakers end up with a better scheme next year, that's going to matter less. So he has limitations. They're somewhat mitigated by the circumstance being with the Lakers and his strengths, I think fit really well offensively and his shot making going from like an F with Russ to an A, A minus with him is going to be just such a breath of fresh air. Now, defensively, I'm very skeptical. I need to watch film. His on-ball defense in the data, not good. His chaser defense in the data, not good. His pick and roll defense hadn't been good. He had a good year this past season. I don't quite understand why his defensive impact was as high as it was. I need to go watch more film. There, there's, there will be a reason for that. I just need to figure out what it is because we don't currently have it captured in the data points we have. I feel like just, again, anecdotally, I haven't watched him consistently, you know, since he was on Boston and I saw more of his games than, you know, I did watch the the Hornets a bit last year, but mm-hmm. not, not as a lot of the know, bench You're a big minutes. Celtics fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching all those Celtics How games. dare you? No, I'm just, um, anecdotally, he's, he, I remember him as a pretty good defender for his size. Uh, he can be physical. Um, he's not the fastest, but he's pretty strong for his size too. I don't know. That could be totally off, but I would like to go back and rewatch some film on him as well. A theory that I have, this is very much a theory. I know the, the Hornets switched a ton two years mm-hmm. ago, and I can imagine someone for his size not fitting well into that. Mm-hmm. If they went to a more traditional defense this past season, which just like you, I haven't watched much Charlotte. Um, I can understand why suddenly he would, you know, his his limitations physically or technique-wise would be less in the spotlight and, and how that can lead to better impact. But just like you mentioned, in Boston, he he showed up as a better defender. Another yeah. thing about his Boston days, in the data we see, like, and, and back then he was more a bench guy and, and he right. played against bench guys. And, like, his matchup difficulty those years was, you know, C-ish territory. Now it's bumped up. And with it bumping up, his effectiveness has dropped, as it does. Um, when you, you know, tougher guys to guard, they're going to score a little bit more on you. For us, he'd be playing big minutes against real players. So that's where I don't expect it to revert quite to what it was in Boston, unless he's playing a role too small for the money he's going to be making. But I want to check out the rotations. I want to check out some of those tendencies. I want to see how well he, like, reads situations. So there's some potential. There's some possible upside here but in some of the core fundamental areas defensively i have concerns but like you said he he can be a tenacious guy and he plays a bit bigger than he is all right so perfect scenario say mitch kutchek calls says i want russell westbrook i will give you terry rozier kelly Oubre, and pj washington will you give up the first and i guess would you do it straight up two questions well, and you Hayward do it with the too, first right? No, no, no. I'm talking Rozier. Oh, okay. I mean, well, yeah, Hayward is on the table. I just don't I don't know. Would you who would you rather have? Well, so so before I answer that, so the Pincus what Pincus had reported was um Hayward and Rozier and then Oh, I'm sorry. Hayward, Hayward or plus No, 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 no. It was Hayward and then either Rozier or two of the other two. Mark Stein said Hayward or Rozier and then a mix of the other guys. Fisher 
mentioned Hayward and then a mix of the other guys. So no Rozier. So we've had some, you know, variance in how it's been reported. And so I'm, I'm asking it, what's it, your favorite? I guess. Okay. So my favorite would be Rozier and then Washington and Oubre, I think. Yeah. If I, you know, if I could do that without giving up a pick. Let's say you have to include the 27 first. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm seeing what Indiana's doing. <laughs> Can I table That's this fair. answer? No, I mean, it is. That's how the leverage works of having yeah. multiple options. But I'd I, consider I just, it. Like, if yeah. I had no other options, yeah. I, for one first, I'd put some protections on that pick. Ask for a second back. Yeah, yeah. You know, make it, you know, a less exciting first round pick like you know there are protections and then i'm i'm getting some a second back or something like that right did the lakers know they can protect picks could somebody dm rob <laughs> i don't know have they done that i know they had some picks exactly. Pelicans, exactly but i don't think they've actually like protected anything i think it's like top one protected uh that that's good information for them to <laughs> brush up on so mm-hmm. i'm intrigued i i will say i we i guess you know didn't talk too much about Hayward. Ah, it it is what it is. The fit's not perfect. He's a good playmaker with the balls in his hands. Um, he can do some things. He can, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's an ancillary like fourth guy on a championship team. Mm-hmm. He's I don't think creator. he's a third. He's not an initiator. He's not. I don't want to go see secondary Hayward one. and AD go to work and right. ball screens. He's an off ball guy he's a spot up shooter he's a transition wing like that limits the kind of impact he can have there's like it's not a perfect fit with him and there's the injury risk with Ubre. there's the shooting risk with Plumlee it's somewhat replaceable in terms of what you're getting with Rozier it's just long-term money that's not good and Washington I like (laughs) um and they just don't want to pay him and I, I don't think the Lakers would be thrilled about paying him, but would be happy to ha- like have somebody's perk rights. Absolutely. I mean, you could sign and trade, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just another asset that you can use and, and have something for flip at the trade deadline if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think we are on the same page. I think we both prefer Rozier, Ubre, and PJ Washington for rest straight up if possible. If necessary, I think we're comfortable doing a protected first. I would ask for, yeah, I would protect the first and ask for a second back. You can top 40 protected if you're, well, Charlotte, like <laughs> top 45. Like if you mm-hmm. are worried, it's going to be a, you know, a high second pick. But something else to consider, Tim, you know who's a Jordan branded athlete? Who's Russell that? Westbrook. Oh, interesting. Okay. And this is something I was talking about with someone at my bar recently, right? How people in the league can it's it's definitely they they outthink themselves where I could see someone like Michael Jordan again, this is going to come off wrong, but like thinking Russell Westbrook is still a, ba- a good basketball player and everyone has got it wrong. Maybe we're not the only team like that. We can we can cross our fingers and hope. I think there's a real chance that that's what they might be thinking. 
Like he's just can convince himself that it was a bad situation. He wasn't set up for success. He understands, you know, he, he knows this guy's got a history of, you know, superstar, um, uh, stats and, and impact. And that doesn't just go away overnight. Well, you know what? Sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes you're just not the same player you were 14 months ago. Yeah. And that never comes back. And I think I could, I, it's just plausible for me to see someone like Michael Jordan talking themselves into this and saying, I'm getting Russ for a $20 million contract and some expirings. Like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If it doesn't work out and he doesn't have it, you've still like cleared your books. If he does have it, you've got an exciting guy to put next to Mello. Love Mello, not the other Yeah, one. right, right. Well, you never know. Mello might might join <laughs> Russ too. I mean, that's the other thing is like we know it's just complete, you know, team suicide to put Mello in <laughs> and Russ in the same backcourt. Like I don't understand what that's supposed to do on either end of the ball. It's definitely not getting you to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, might be fun. <laughs> It, I may, it might sell tickets, which is not nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, for a small market, I mean, yeah, I mean, Charlotte's not tiny, but like for a small market, no, team. that's that stuff matters though. That's it's yeah. a factor for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, anything else you want to add to this Charlotte? You know, scuttlebutt that's come out of the last couple of weeks. Not really. I'd expect more posturing moving forward. It would be bad news if we hear that anyone else is interested in Hayward. Um, I don't anticipate anyone's going to be like pursuing some of the ancillary guys that we talked about. I think they're more throw-ins for a deal. So I, I feel like the Lakers are positioned well to be a trade partner with Charlotte. And it's just about, we're just going to see some, you know, information war back and forth and, until we eventually get to that point where they either make that trade or potentially this next one we're going to talk about. Protect Mitch Kupchak. Mitch, remember who your real family is. Remember, Mitch. All right, yeah. Would you take, take Mitch back in the trade? Send him Ross and Polinka for Rosier. You Kupchak. know what? I, I think I would. <laughs> is that crazy? I have a soft spot uh, for Mitch Kupchak. <laughs> he had a bad 2016. Well, he put together championship teams. Who among us hasn't thrown away, you know, $120 million or whatever it was? Yeah. Hey, whatever. It's not his money. <laughs> Go off, King. All right. Oh. On the other side, we'll talk about some paces trade. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back to talk about some of these pacer options, Tim. Um, Now, before we get into this, I just have to remind us, all of us, Kevin Pritchard is still their GM, isn't he? (laughs) Kevin Pritchard did pretty much everything he could to not trade Paul George to the Lakers. Yes, he is. He's still the GM. So I just want to color that. Now, I don't think, you know, obviously he traded him to OKC and got you know, not much back for being honest. Sabonis ended up staying for a while, but you know, they traded Oladipo for Karis Levert, which became what, like a pick in that deal with Cleveland. So whatever, not great asset management, but mm-hmm. he has said and shown like not a lot of loves lost for, for his, for the Lakers. So I just want, I just want to put that up at the front. There is legit, like credited reporting or uh, reporting from credited people that there are some packages uh, like talk floated out there centered around Malcolm Brogdon and 2021 Laker heartthrob buddy healed. (laughs) So it's finally happening. (laughs) I know it's just bring buddy home. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, again, I kind of briefly mentioned my thoughts like, it's crazy to me that like these two good basketball players could be on the horizon. And I would do this trade in a fucking heartbeat. Now, if you made me give the 27 first, I still probably do it. If you made me give both, I probably say no or ask for something else back. That's like that. I would have to get Turner back as well. If I'm giving up the two picks, right? Um, yeah. Which has been floated, you know. There's some uncertainty. They did. Uh, Marstein did say that that uh, you know the Pacers hope to keep Turner long term after they traded Sabonis to Sacramento, but he still just has one year left on his contract at 18 million. So, I mean, we talked we talked about Turner at the trade deadline, the awesome pairing with AD in the front court. Uh, the ability to protect the rim and space the floor is very, very, very rare and very, very, very valuable, especially at 18 million. If it doesn't work out, he is someone you can trade somewhere else fairly easily, I think. 
Um, so, I, I mean, if if I was the GM, I'd do that trade pretty pretty quickly. Where, what's your feeling on these guys, though? I I mean, I like Turner a lot. I don't know that he'll be available, but if he is, I mean, I'd I'd give a first for him if if we have what would his would we have his bird rights? I'm assuming going into mm-hmm. his free agency, like. I'm I'm good with that. He's such a good fit with AD. He's like it, to fit like to have a dominant defense with AD. You need well, so offensively you need a floor spacer, and then defensively, like I would love for that floor spacer to also be a really good rim protector that allow allows AD to play more power forward and be more that helper, that roamer that he's been, um, and help preserve him until the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, you know be more switchable and all of that the the natural limitation there is okay well if ad does play five then you know turner maybe sits um but he has some mobility to him and i just think he's in general a really good fit so i love that don't know if it's available but i would be happy to have him come over healed offensively a great shooter he's he's been a really good shooter for a while his defense is really the challenge. Um, he's not a really, you know, he's not, again, just like with Hayward, he's not someone I love in like ball screens or initiating offense, but he's a good off-ball player and hasn't had the same kind of health issues. His real problem is defense. And I've looked at the data and looked at the film and am convincing myself that he can be a passable chaser defender. And if, you know, we get to a playoff situation and they're trying to go after him on ball, you can send help. I, I think that's easier to make up for than someone who's weaker off ball that just doesn't rotate well. So I've kind of talked myself into his defense. So I'd be, I, I see that working as well. And, and I mean, we've, we've had this podcast, like we've talked about these guys. Yeah. Um, Brogdon, we know the story with Brogdon injury issues, but he's a good playmaker. He gets to the rim well. He finishes at the rim well. His three point shootings kind of fluctuated year by year. If he's having a really good three point shooting season, He's an awesome offensive player. He's had a couple seasons where it seems like almost every other year where he's just severely underperforming on his threes and that makes it more challenging. He doesn't have that same unlock AD and ball screens kind of situation that Rozier would bring to the table. But if his shots are falling, I I really, really like what he brings. And it's just, again, like an injury issue. So there are interesting parallels between the two deals here because you have a questionable three-point shooter with both. You have an injury situation with both. Um, you have some defensive questions with both. But both of them, I, you know, if healthy and if shots are falling, make the Lakers a lot better. Yeah. So, again, for context, Buddy Heald has two years, around $40 million left on his contract. Malcolm Brogdon will be in the last year of a contract with a two-year extension not kicked in yet. So he basically has three years left at 22.5 per year remaining, um, which isn't terrible. It takes him through his 31st year of age on Earth in the Milky Way galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's still a lot of money. It, it is still, I, although the, the cap's going up, so like it's less money up, than it's it, less than a max. It's yeah, it's right in kind of that sweet spot where you can trade for like a seventeen to twenty five million dollar player for fairly easily. Um, but how do you feel like Brogdon fits around the Lakers? Because a lot of the same injury issues as Gordon Hayward. Um, he's a good but inconsistent shooter, um, and. I think a, a 
good playmaker. He is he's a glue kind of player to me, which can make other players around him better, but is not going to like win you a series. Yeah, I think he's good. I I don't know. <laughs> if he's healthy, he'll be helpful. I he see, doesn't see better or worse than Terry Brozier in a vacuum. I think he's a worse fit. I think once you apply, I the do fit think he's element, a worse fit for the Lakers. Yes. Yeah, I think once you apply the fit piece of it, he's. A but Heald is but, a superior player to the second player in that Charlotte deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And a better fit, even. Yeah, and and I'd say that Brogdon probably has the better upside than Rozier. Like, if his threes are falling, he's a much better, much much better playmaker. Gets to the rim much better. Finishes at better the rim contract. Much better. Like he's a way more complete offensive player if his threes are falling, and he's got a better contract situation. He'd be movable if you need to get off of him. So. It's there's a better frontliner, and I think the second player in the deal, healed versus Washington or healed versus Ubre. Like I prefer healed, I believe. So I like, I think I like the Indiana trade more. It, the, the fact that there'd be a third guy on the Charlotte side, like certainly adds some value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see one of these trades as like substantially better than the other because there are question marks with both. Yeah. Again, if we talked about it at the trade deadline, if there's a way where you can get Miles Turner in this deal, I think it really could become a home run. Um, oh yeah, yes, yes. Good so, time, yeah. if like if that's on the table, and like I said, if, if it takes those picks, you're already gonna be up to seven, eight guys in your rotation. Mix in whoever you get for the mini MLE this year. Maybe you trade. Uh, THT along with the deal I saw as kind of a, another or an, or none, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe you get out of this trade with seven, eight rotation players. That's you're, you're pretty close to done, you know. There, you get a couple vet mens. Um, yeah, Lakers have done well even with their undrafted guys. So mm-hmm. you know, mixing some of those, some two ways, and you're almost at a full team. Um, before you know it. Yeah. They really need to turn Russ into like three rotation players. And I, with these deals, they, they kind of do potentially with Indy, depending on what happens with, with Turner. But I mean, none coming back and being healthy is a huge boost as well that I feel like I keep forgetting about him, Mm -hmm. but he's, you're, you're not really trading for him, but like, that's a boost that, you know, got to pencil him into the rotation as well. But like you're saying, if they swing one of these deals, they get three guys back. They're in pretty good shape. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It feels I'm, like they shouldn't be like, it feels it, like it, 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 it feels it, like a two, these feel like two K trades, right? Right. When you don't change the like trade difficulty <laughs> and you just like, ah, what can I get for Rudy Gobert? And you're like getting yeah. like, 90 overalls because mm-hmm. and you don't factor in how bad the contract is and the context and yeah it's people it will be upset about this it'll be like how do these how does the lakers did it again screwing things up yet are able to like find a way out of it but i mean we set it up at the beginning of the of the show whatever team gets russ at, at the very worst they send him home for a year a la john wall and he's coming off the books 
and and it frees up what you want to do because Indiana is probably not trying to win. Well, not not trying to win. They're not expected to be like a top four in their conference. Right. Mm -hmm. So if they make the play in, cool, they'll be in the mix. Um, But if they do or don't have Russell Westbrook, it's not like their forecast changes significantly. But the following year, they will have the ability to take a big step in the offseason because of all that extra cap space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't, I mean, I'm, I am T. So let me throw you this Brogdon healed and Turner for THT Russ and both first round picks. They can attach. Would you do it? <sighs> the future's gone. <laughs> the future's um, been gone. Yeah. Well, I, but I, though, I mean, the Lakers do have their pick every other year still. Um, yes. Mm, until they trade it i don't want to do i don't want to do both picks the that's why i'm making it hard picks. i'm trying to make yeah, challenge yeah, yeah. it i'd oh man I, I think i'd go back to uh charlotte and see, and see what i can get from them i i think the lakers may very well be in a position of power weirdly in this situation and i don't know that indiana will be able to get that out of them because i don't think that Ooh. will be acceptable charlotte and indiana also probably have alternatives Maybe, yeah. I think uh, Charlotte. Or I'm sorry. I think Indiana definitely will. The Charlotte piece of like taking on Hayward's money, I think, will be a big incentive for them to to look into partnering with the Lakers. If they refuse to, then that they become less appealing of an option. So I, yeah, I can't believe this is where we're at. Um, I hope you didn't need us to tell you you should 100% trade Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brockton for Russell Westbrook, even if it's just that. Just that. Yes. Where do I sign? Yeah. And I don't know if I'm, you know, just in full get Russ off the team mode. Um, you might be. I might <laughs> Show be. Show me something I, different. I do – like you know, we've talked about Heald. He's a nice player. This, the shooting is going to be amazing. It, you know, until he falls to 36% because the Laker curse. But I I told you I've always liked Brogdon. Um, but he's definitely not the perfect fit around the Lakers, like, construction right now. But he's a good player. And that's kind of what you need to get it back as many good basketball players for this guy who's just not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go through this exercise as – the Lakers this offseason and realize that none of these trades get you to a roster that can compete, you you should start looking at ways to just kind of blow it up and try mm-hmm. to rebuild. And I don't think they will. That's not going to be acceptable to them, I don't think. But there's if you can't do it with one of these couple trades, you're not going to do it. So you, do you want to mention these other smaller trades? We can. So going back to so Charlotte and Indy, there's been a bunch of reporting from various people, the Steins, the Fishers, the, the uh, not Palenka, Pincus. And then in addition to those, also like um, uh, Rick Buecher, Dan w- Wokey. I, I don't know how to say his last name. I should know how to say his last name. I, <laughs> Wokey. Wokey? Wokey. Wokey. It's like Apologies the I was a Y. Oh, Okay. Wakey. Oh, thank you. So multiple people, like three, four, five people 
reporting on these trades. So I think it's fair to us for fair for us to assume they're being talked about and these are like real things that are happening. With these last couple, it's been more one-off brought up here or there. It's not like four or five people, but I think still interesting to to mention. One of them is is Utah. Uh, they're le- likely going to be looking to blow things up if they lose to Dallas tonight. Tonight, right now, um, right now, <laughs> if they lost to Dallas, they start. They're probably going to start in like a minute or two. R.I.P. Pelicans, by the way. R.I.P. Raptors. Um, Nick Nurse, Bozo. Why would we ever want him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so Utah, if they look to blow things up, Conley and Bogdanovich are two guys from them that. No. No. no? <laughs> Your answer is no to this trade. Yes. Okay. I mean, they're good. I like. No, I like. They're Conley. not. Mike Conley is not good. Mike Conley is good. Do you watch this series, Tim? I've watched a couple of games of this. He series. has been. He, is, he isn't atrocious. He, hasn't he scored zero points in one game and went like zero for seven. On Jalen well, I mean, Brunson. <laughs> Jaylen, you know, Jalen Brunson's putting down the clamps. All right, Tim. He's okay. been so bad. All right. I'm going to look up his contract, too, for shits and giggles, but go off, Kate. I'm going to look up his player profile. No, um, I, I liked Mike Conley, too. He's another one of these, like, smart, you know, you know facilitator, first guy. No, nah, he's got another year left at 24.3. Oh. No, no, he's got two okay. years nope, left. I take it back. Don't want him. 22.6 and 24.3. <laughs> look to the profile. Not interested. I'm telling you, man, it's been bad. Okay, it, it, I didn't realize it was that bad. Like Bogdanovich right. is fine. It's he's, Bogdanovich he's fine. is fine. His defense isn't good. He can give you some scoring. He can give you some shooting. Again, he's kind of a wing. He's like a tall wing. Yeah, he's he's not like a defender, but he's big. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's fine. Know, he'll contest some shots. But no, right. I would. This not would be not. Yeah, a great. Okay. Time. Next one. <laughs> Here's some deja vu. Oklahoma City Thunder trade. To dump Russ to OKC, bring back Derek Favors, Mike Muscala, um, well, Kenny. You know, Kenny Hustle isn't in here, but I'd love for him to be um, more Mike Muscala. Th- this is reported by Pincus and uh, Yasi Yasi Goslin. So a couple of folks mentioning no. this one. It would be a dump. I don't like it. I don't like it as much as the no. other options because you don't really get anywhere this it feels like deal. a last resort mm-hmm. yeah like what do you get back here like this doesn't bring you to title contention and it doesn't help you be it's, better in the future and you'd it, likely be paying picks this is a if this happens it's purely money. to save genie money yeah purely to save genie money which there's is not no out other, of the question there's no basketball reason yeah yeah this is very within the realm of possibility and the lakers do like to paint themselves as a team who takes care of players and trading Russ back to OKC would be being generous to them and, mm-hmm. and, you know, considering what he wants out of this, which I don't know. I don't, you know, know even know where Russ's head is right now as far as what he wants to do. But um, yeah, this feels like a last resort trade. So I, I would say no, but it's, okay. if nothing else is there, you know, maybe. Okay. All right. So let's turn the page. How about a Houston trade? Not the John Wall trade, which we would both say no to. Yes. Uh, Instead of that, something centered around Christian Wood, 
uh, Eric Gordon and David Nwaba. A nice reunion there. What are your thoughts on that? This is without picks, right? I believe so. I believe no picks. Um, I don't love it, but I would hold my nose at it. I would take it over the OKC deal. Um, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel great about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't really enjoy Eric Gordon. He's not a good defender. <laughs> He's not quite the same shooter that he used to be. Um, I like Christian Wood. He's been the center, but another kind of like Turner, like a, a shooting spacing center. So not the same kind of rim protector, but he has that offensive element that allows him to fit with AD. So that's, that's nice. And then Nwaba, not, not really giving you a whole lot, but uh, he gives you that defense. He's going to get up in your face. He'll take on some tough matchups. He'll be active on the offensive boards and is going to, you know, be active around the rim more finishing than creating. But his three-point shooting is the big question mark for him. He's had some success in the past, but most years not. And that's what we've seen with him as a Laker many years ago. Um, his offensive role is as a stretch big this year. <laughs> that's uh, that tells you a lot about you know how he's being utilized in terms of like what he can do from a play type standpoint as someone who is only seventy seven inches tall. So what is that six? I, I need to put I need to change these profiles so it just shows me the actual height. I don't know why we have it set up as inches. Um, so I'm he's face seven, he's so hard five. for the he's audience. Six, five. He can't he's see six me. five. He's six five. What is this? So I don't love this. This isn't great. I'm I like Wood, but I'm not thrilled about Christian Wood and the other two guys. I'm not really. They don't. They don't help this team. I think all of them are expiring though. For so that's where it doesn't totally make sense to me. But uh, hmm. I don't know. Okay, so then last one, New York Knicks. Uh, they want to move on from Julius Randle. I don't believe the Lakers would take Julius Randle. If that's the case, the other players that this could be centered around are Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, Kemba <laughs> Walker. everyone The else. same guys we talked about. Yeah, like every other player on their team that they don't want. Everyone but the couple young guys. Fournier, um, Burks, Noel. Walker, Noel, Reddish. Yeah, so we've talked about four of the five of these players in the the past couple months. And we talked about Noel like a year or two ago and he's the same guy. Um, They all have bad contracts, like except Kemba. Well, I think Kemba was on a one year. Um, So I don't think, I think it'd rather just pull the bandaid off. Yeah. Like, what are you getting? Like, (sighs) I like Burks, but he's getting older. I know. I know uh, Knicks fans don't like Burks. Besides, so like an entire bad team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This the, the these are very clearly below the other trades. I think it would for me in terms of you know ones I'd want to do to ones I don't want to do for these small ones. It would be Houston. God, how is Utah the second best one? Utah. <laughs> The Knicks, OKC. That's where I am too. And the, the the piece that I'm wrestling with is the two three like Utah yeah. Knicks. How is that? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, a hard pass on that for me. Um, 
So things can look ugly quick it, <laughs> if if either Charlotte or Andy doesn't happen. Like if right. there becomes another if 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 Andy finds other trade partners, suddenly the Lakers don't have any kind of leverage over Charlotte. Uh, right, they're not playing two. They're not weighing multiple options. So this could be a, a, a factor. This any of these are plausible. I'm not saying they're not, um, yeah. because I, I understand it for every other team in the equation. Well, except Houston, I don't. I don't really understand that one. I'm pretty sure all those guys are expiring. So um, I don't super understand the Houston motivation for that one. Yeah, that was one pinkish brought up in an article i'm not sure let me see if i can find the article and grab that see if you it's all right any um um you know these last few definitely make you more uh realist as far as what the team might be forced to take and the first couple ones i didn't even think would be an option uh, for Houston, they'd be looking for picks. That was not in our notes, but that was in the article. They'd be so, looking for at least a first rounder and pick swaps. So I'm yeah, not interested. No, no, not interested at all. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think in terms of like what the Lakers front office would be willing to do, they'd want to be, they'd be interested in the Charlotte and Indy ones. And then I think they'd almost prefer the, the OKC trade over the others. <laughs> like as far as what they would the value. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I th- at yeah. one point, do you say these don't get us to a title, so we're just going to try to save money now? They'll save money, and that after that point, they're able to pick the players, right? So you're just taking back Mascala and Favors in theory, uh, and you have more flexibility, I guess you should say, for them yeah. to pick players out of the free agent pool versus taking back players they might not have interest in. Right. But again, if picks are involved here... It's, it's hard. Right, it's really hard. It's to a harder pass. And and me. then it's like, would we rather just keep Russ or do this? Because I think this is better than. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. These are tough decisions. They're not. There's no. These aren't good options. These are varying degrees of bad options. Once you get past those those couple bigger trades, it's figuring out what kind of medicine you want to take. Yep. You know what I mean. Do you want it to? work right away but it tastes like shit do you want to take a pill where you don't feel anything and it slowly gets better yeah so i'm i'm sure this podcast is going to go out and then someone immediately is going to like dm me and be like hey didn't you know this player is represented by clutch and then it's going to be like like, all the you know that's a whole other element of this that totally Maybe we're not considering, or maybe one of these guys is repped by an agency that doesn't like the Lakers. So it, there's so many factors here between, you know, we want to get better. We don't want to sacrifice long-term picks. We may be willing to sacrifice long-term money, but we also don't want to pay much money right now unless we're able to compete. And then we also don't want to just like keep Russ. So there's so many different variables here and there, I don't see a fantastic solution, but I don't know. What are you hoping for? If you could pick one of these Pacers. To me, it's it's if Turner's not involved, which one would you prefer between Pacers? I still and Pacers. Okay. I still I still I still have the Pacers pretty much all iterations of that deal a notch above Rozier, but I think Rozier is a good like B plus to B option. And I think everything else is like C, C minus D, like in that other list. I think I'd take the Charlotte deal over Indy if Turner's not involved. 
And my pitch there would be upside. If, well, no, man, it really depends on what's involved. Like if you get Hayward and Rozier and Hayward's healthy, I think Hayward, healthy Hayward and Rozier is better to me than Brogdon and Heald. Maybe. If it's Hayward and then like Ubre Plumlee or Ubre Washington, like I'm absolutely going the indie side. If it's Rozier and Ubre Washington, then it's close for me. And I think I might be leaning your way, but it, I don't know. It's tough to say. It's better options than I think they would have, than I thought yeah. they would have. So that's yeah. encouraging. Um, let's wrap it up there. I think we we're mostly in agreement throughout the. Uh, rumor lit mill that's been going on um dm tim or i a five-star review of the pod if you want to get invited to our discord where we have tiers and we'll have a bunch of stuff coming uh this off season you know a lot of different things there's a lot of coaching stuff tim does um so yeah hit us up there we have seven and a half hours of x's and o's content you you can go from like it's like master class like, baby I like, yeah i like starting from the bottom building it up being able to identify and understand and apply knowledge is really what we're looking to do and it's been awesome it's been so energizing for me to hear how folks are are consuming it learning it and then using it like we've got like actual coaches in there we've got people who are like i you know i can't lose it 2k anymore because i use these things <laughs> or just folks just like enjoying basketball more because yeah. they see it for the chess match that it is rather than just kind of the, you know, brute force athleticism that well, it can be. This is what I was telling. I was playing pickup yesterday and I was explaining to someone kind of like what we do on the pod and, and how I've learned so much about the game from you. Um, you taught me not just that, like, and of course, you know that it's a chess game, right? You've thought about it, but you taught me how to play the board. You know what I mean? How to see the board. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how the horsey moves, yeah, you can't play chess, Tim. You have to know the rock, paper, scissors. You have to be able to see and anticipate and then pick the right option. Because you can play rock, paper, scissors and just guess. Right. But if I can see for a split second what you're going to do, I can pick the right option. And that's really – that's what it's all about. It's not just like – because you can find plenty of people that are like, this is a split cut. Like, right. This is horns. And that's – you like, know, yeah. and that's great. You know, we're going to capitalize every one of the letters and, and as if we're yelling it. I don't understand why people do that. Here's a horns, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but like being able to understand it and apply it and just be like way better at pick up or just enjoy the game more, coach yeah. better, all these things. That's what it's all about and, and that's what you get with – with that course and every other week we're doing sessions if you get in there now you'll learn so many different things I, i'm gonna forget but like defensive rotations offensive positions different alignments all the different ball screen variants why you'd use them what kinds of players you use them with all the different ball screen coverages options why you use them when you'd use them what kinds of personnel you need for them off ball screens with pin downs and flare screens, all of the iterations, when you use them, why you'd use them, whatever. And then we've begun digging into, okay, how do we beat drop coverage? You don't just like pick a random play. Here's a short list. Here are a dozen or so concepts. This beats drop coverage because of X, Y, and Z. And don't it's not just memorize 12 things. It's they're grouped into like three or four different kind of buckets. And if you remember those buckets, you'll be able to, when you see some new play that doesn't exist right now, 
figure out, okay, it fits into this bucket, therefore it'll be drop coverage. Done the same thing with the catch hedging. And for some, for those two concepts, some of them overlap because of specific concepts that work against them. There are going to be some concepts that work for catch hedging and show and recover, but not drop. So learning, really learning at a deep level in a digestible way, that's really what we're looking to do. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, now, just last thing I want to say, I'm proud of how much you've grown before you'd have made fun of me for calling it the horsey. Uh, and you just blew right past it. The night. I know it's a night. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you didn't even touch it. You went off on your very in- interesting rant. So please hit us up in the Discord and Tim can tell you how the horses move in basketball. That is right. And and I just want to say a quick thank you to the folks that are in there already and have been having fun with us and chatting up free agency and coaches and all that. Um, shout out to the friend, friend of the pod, Mike H., for supporting us as an arena sponsor to Zach Harris, QDadio, iPod Shuffle for being in that owner's box. And then all of the folks in the courtside and lower bowl crews getting those bonus pods, getting those, you know, X's and O's sessions, all that stuff really keeps us going and, and supports us. So like Tom said, DM us that five-star review and you can get in there or check out the link in my bio. It is tinyurl.com slash support Lakers X pod or Lakers X pod. And you'll be able to get in there and join those tiers. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.